0: When you come in on Monday and you're not feeling real well, does anyone ever say to you, "Sounds like someone has a case of the Mondays"? No, man. I believe you be. get your ass kicked saying so, my man. Mornings are for coffee and contemplation. Sure coffee and contemplation. Drink the coffee, it'll make you feel better, sir. Do you realize that you are not drinking regular coffee, but Colombian decaffeinated coffee crystals? What? picture you up calms you down, it's the light-blooded drives the dreams of champions. Now he's been down in the basement drinking coffee for about the last four hours, and he should be all ready to go. I'll I'll call him up. Welcome to College Football Monday, brought to you by McCoy's Auto Repair in Radford, Virginia. This is the Sons of Saturday live show, and I am your host, Pete B. I come to you each and every week to tell you what's been going on in college football and give you a heavy dose of what the Hokies have been up to. I was down in Blacksburg this past weekend. Day was perfect. It senior day. We're honoring Corey Moore. It had all the makings of a great Virginia Tech football afternoon. Didn't quite go that way, but that's all right. We're going to get into all the all the nitty gritty of what happened this past weekend. I'm going to give you VT corner. I'm going to do my playoff four, but most importantly, it is hate week. And so let me, let me just grab this right here. Here we go. This is what I'm talking about. Remember UVA, we supported them when everything went down last year, but this is a football game week and we don't like them and we need this game for bowl eligibility. So let's hope the boys bring it a little bit harder than they did this past Saturday. If you have any questions, please hop in the chat, comment, like the video. Liking the video really helps us. I'll show the flag again during during <laughs> during VT Corner because it's just fun. But we are on our March to 2,000 subscribers. We are hoping to get there before the end of football season. Go to the Sons of Saturday YouTube channel. You're here now if you're watching me on YouTube and subscribe. Uh, and if you are on X watching via via the link, hop over to YouTube. It's better for engagement. And you can you can post, I can add your comments, and it just it just helps us out. So I'm gonna get into a couple things here. I've got a comment from Dwayne. Might answer this later. If you could have an early transfer portal wish list, who would be your top five <laughs> targets in order of priority? Man, that's putting me on the spot this morning. I'm still recovering. I've got old PD fat face from uh from drinking like a college kid all weekend. Dwayne, I might give you some of my positions. I'm not sure if I'm going to give you exact players, but I do appreciate the question and I might add it to the screen again later. Let's get into just some of the the coaching carousel that's already started before I get to the games. Zach Arnett was fired last week by Mississippi State. He was the guy who was promoted as an interim and then they, they went with him for this season and it was going to be dicey for him anyway and the season hasn't gone well. So Zach Arnett's out at Mississippi State. Jamie Chadwell has come up. There's a handful of other guys that have come up there and uh, it's going to be interesting. That's a very difficult job, very difficult job, but you will get paid. So they're going to have candidates that'll want to take it. Dino Babers fired at Syracuse yesterday. That was big news. He was 41 and 55 over eight seasons and Dino had some bright spots, had some nice years, but the finish last year after a great start and now losing, I think it's six out of seven this year and dropping one yesterday to Georgia tech. Uh, it, you know how ugly the game was against us. The BC game was terrible. It was probably time for him to go. But again, Syracuse, really hard place to win these days. Uh, it's, it, this is not 1970. This is not 1950 when uh, you know they had a robust city there that was uh, churning out high school talent and whatnot. It's a hard place to win. So I'm interested to see where Syracuse goes with their opportunity. Chip Kelly might have saved his job at UCLA. There was reports coming out that he may be fired, but he goes out and he beats USC this past weekend. I'll talk about that game a little bit later, but nice win for UCLA on a bounce back. I did want to mention Jordan Travis's gruesome injury. That was terrible. uh, And it sucks for Florida State because it greatly hinders their ACC title hopes, although I still think they can win it. And any chance they had of winning the CFP, I think, is is out the window. That was going to be hard anyway. But without Travis, I, I don't think they can win the national title. So that's a really tough thing for that kid, and, and I feel bad for him. Graham Ertz also went down for the year with a collarbone. Drew Aller left the game for Penn State. Shador Sanders got hurt in Colorado. A lot of quarterback injuries yesterday. Let's hop into the Week 12 action Georgia crushed Tennessee, showed that dominance yet again. Beck was awesome, 298 yards, three touchdowns for him. He is starting to look like he's right on that level with a Bo Nix, with a Penix, uh, any of these top quarterbacks that are that are potential for the CFP. Beck is right there, and 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 if Georgia's trying to repeat, like I think Bud Elliott said, like they have the best roster, and they could potentially have the best up-and-coming quarterback. Like, that is just not fair. And so Georgia looked really good against Tennessee. 41 minutes of possession, a 200-yard yard edge in total offense for Georgia. They're, they're my number one team in the CFP. I'll spoil that one right now. Washington held on for dear life against the Beavers, 22-20 in miserable condition. Just buckets of rain coming down. Pennix had three total TDs despite having guys dropping the ball all over the place, 85.6 QBR for him. Huskies defense really came to play. And yes, they were helped by the rain, but they got a lot of stops and they went into that stadium in Corvallis and they got the win. They held, well, they were actually held scoreless in the second half, but they were still able to hold on and beat Oregon state. That's a nice win. Really nice win on the road for Washington. They keep proving me wrong. Thought they might lose to Utah. Thought they might lose in Corvallis. I think a lot of people did because I think they were even an underdog going into the game. But they managed to squeak out a win. So, can they win the Apple Cup? Can they beat Oregon and go to the CFP for the second time in their school's history? They might be able to do this. They might be able to do it. I was I didn't have faith in them when that flu was going through the team and they almost lost, but they keep squeaking out these wins. And that's all you got to do. Michigan messed around with Maryland. They won. 31 to 24. It was weird because no McCarthy wasn't good, but Talia wasn't even good. You would think, oh, Maryland hung with Michigan. Talia must have went off. No, it was the Maryland defense. They allowed 300 under 300 yards to Michigan, and they and, and Maryland was held to a very low total as well. In fact, Michigan had two safeties on Maryland. Ugly game, but Michigan got the win in that look ahead spot coming up against Ohio State, thanks to some turnovers, and they won their fifth game this year without their head coach. And that is something I talked about last week. Like, does not having hardball on the sideline, is that a disadvantage on game day? I think that it is, especially for the quarterback. And we saw a little bit of McCarthy struggling here. I think he's a little banged up. But that Ohio State game, it's, it's usually – a tight game it takes everything you got to win the game and they're not going to have their their head coach like that has to factor into your decision when you're when you're looking at spreads when you're looking at what to play i mean it i'm starting to just lose a little bit of faith that michigan's going to crush in that game but this was a look ahead spot it was on the road maryland is not a complete dumpster fire so they got the win and they'll move on arizona spanked a beat-up Utah team, 42-18. to 18. You know how I like Utah. Been, they're they a fighting team, but I, this is an Arizona podcast. And so they got all over them early. It was 21 nothing after the first quarter. Fafita was sensational, 97.6 QBR, 253, two touchdowns, and they are still alive in the Pac-12 title race. All that has to happen, Oregon loses to Oregon State, Arizona beats Arizona State, and Arizona is playing Washington for the Pac-12 title that's that's pretty nuts and honestly like Arizona could beat them when they played earlier that was a hell of a game so I, I'm very interested because Oregon State's going to bring it against Oregon and, and coming off that Washington loss going on the road into Eugene it's gonna be a challenge Oregon I said it two weeks ago I thought they were the best team in the country that may be fading a bit with how Georgia looks but they're a very good team so it's possible for Arizona to but Oregon's going to have to mess up. They're going to have to mess up. Texas went into Ames, got a nice win, 26-16. This was a spot where I thought Texas could get upset, but Owers was solid. Baxter filled in nicely for the injured Jonathan Brooks, 117 yards and 20 carries. Iowa State fought four sacks. Rocco Breck played really well, 323 yards and 86 QBR for the Iowa State quarterback which was good because Iowa State could not run the ball on the Texas front, just nine yards rushing. But even with the win, Texas is not guaranteed a spot in the Big 12 title game. Things can get wacky because they have a loss in the conference and there's a bunch of teams with two losses. The only team, well, other than Texas, that can win an in to the game is Oklahoma State. And I believe, I'll go through that later. I I forget who they're playing this weekend, but I, I got it written down. Good win for Texas. Louisville beat Miami 38-31 to to clinch its spot in the ACC title game. What a job by Brom in year one. Because they had a lot of new pieces. No, the schedule was not challenging. But they did beat basically the best team on the schedule in Notre Dame. And then they go down to Miami and they win a game at the end of the year in a tough spot. And Miami was ahead in this game several times. Cards kept fighting back. It's a terrible crowd. Senior day in Miami. What a joke. How can any recruit want to play in front of that crowd? I understand you might get a check. You get to wear the U if you still think that's cool. You know, 40 years after <laughs> they were not quite that long, but you get my point. Like, I don't know how you'd want to play in front of that crowd in Miami, but Louisville had a great performance by Plummer 308 yards, three touchdowns, 92 QBR. TVD was actually good. And he's a guy that's been battling injuries. I've been ragging on him because he stinks uh but he has been banged up he was good in this one 327 yards and a touchdown restrepo went for 193 on eight receptions that guy has always been a playmaker for miami fletcher 126 and two touchdowns but garendo again outdoes jordan in this one 93 yards and a touchdown on just 15 carries for louisville when it came down to it coleman made the big play at the end 58-yard TD reception, and Louisville got that win. And so this is going to set up a very interesting ACC title game, and I'm going to get to the conference races and the title games in just a minute after I go through this App State game. The App State JMU game, game day was in town in Harrisonburg. Huge game day crowd. And in fact, on Friday on the way down to Blacksburg, my wife and I slept overnight in Harrisonburg woke up and did the pat mcafee show met up with dan from tales of the terror dome watched some of the show and it was hilarious because they just eviscerated the ncaa for the first hour of the pat mcafee show and it continued throughout like they even had kurt signetti on there the coach of jmu and like he was really good on the show very good in front of the microphone and pat just was relentless on the ncaa so I know I'm going to get to the game and 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 JMU lost the game in overtime but that weekend for that school was still a major win the the PR and just the fanfare and the crowd like really really nice weekend for that program they didn't win so and it was largely because the Mountaineers de- defense came to play JMU only had 5 points through 3 quarters but to the Dukes credit they came back in the fourth got a TD and a two-point conversion when they absolutely needed it. There was a fourth down play in there. where They threw it down to serrat and he came down with it. But ultimately, the Dukes didn't deserve to win the game. With the way they played the first 45 minutes, McLeod didn't play well, five sacks for App State. Aguilar was great, the quarterback for the Mountaineers. 318, three t- touchdowns. It was a lot of pressure. Like Game day is awesome for your university. But when you're a G5 or sometimes they go to those lower tier schools, it's a lot of pressure. And JMU, for as good as they've been and winning all of their games, a lot of them by many points, they beat UVA by one. We knew JMU was susceptible to a loss. They haven't hadn't played a very tough schedule. App was coming on at the right time, and they peaked right as they went to Harrisonburg. So tough day for the Dukes, good day for App. And I would say that that crowd on Friday when we were at McAfee, like you could feel it was a great college atmosphere. And we all love college football. If you're watching the show, you love college football. And so I, my wife went to JMU. I was there supporting her and we had a had a heck of a day. It was a lot of fun. And then we got to do the Blacksburg thing the next day. So great weekend overall. And I'll get to that a little bit. Kansas State won a close one at Kansas, 31-27. to And even in a loss, though, I came away impressed with Kansas. They're on their third-string QB, Cole Ballard. He did all he could. Kansas had a 27-16 to lead early in the third quarter. But K-State scored 15 straight points to take the lead and win. Will Howard was pretty darn good, even though the numbers didn't pop. Three total touchdowns. And the Wildcats are still in the hunt for the big 12 title game. UCLA beat USC. I mentioned at the top, Chip Kelly, did he save his job? Did he not? Well, the quarterback played well enough. Garbers scored three touchdowns. The defense was amazing for UCLA against the run. Uh, just th- three rushing yards allowed. Bruins had a scoop and score, which put them up 28 to 10 in the third quarter. And that was pretty much it. USC is now seven and five. and And I think it was Dan Mullen had the tweet that was like, is the wrong coach in LA on the hot seat. That's funny. That is funny. And I, I don't think so because they paid Lincoln Riley a lot of money. He, he brought them Caleb Williams, a Heisman trophy winner. Like he's got to get it together. They'll get a defensive coordinator and he'll probably be good. He's going to keep putting out Heisman candidates. You know, that's what Lincoln Riley's going to do. So it's just bad, bad year for USC. Did not live up to the hype. Uh, is chip safe though on the flip side? I don't know. I don't know what UCLA wants to do here. And I kind of went back and forth with Colby on Twitter the other day. We had Colby on this show. He does the sports gambling podcast, the college experience. And he likes Chip. I mean, and and Chip has proven to be a good coach over his career. But he hasn't won 10 games yet at UCLA. And hey, maybe that you feel like that's a high bar because he's still building. Well, he's been there a bunch of years now. He's brought in some good quarterback recruits, but his overall recruiting for being in LA, not that great. Tons of coaches at UCLA have won 10 games. Like even Carl Durrell did it. So I'm wondering, to me, Chip Kelly's extremely replaceable at a school like UCLA. You can win at UCLA. It's been proven over decades. You can win 10 games at UCLA with somewhat regularity. So I I think he's ultimately replaceable what he was doing early in his career at Oregon was innovative and he was ahead of the curve. And now lots of teams go tempo and he's not recruiting at a level that I think is capable of consistently being a winner. Uh, Well, not in the pac 12 anymore, but in the big 10 and I'm not sure he plays big 10 football. So I think at this point they might want to look elsewhere. That seems like what they're going to do, but you know, I'm not a chip Kelly fan. So I am biased. Mizzou squeaked past Florida, 33-31 on a game-winning field goal. Mizzou's really good season continues. And I have to mention Jaden Daniels. Even though they played a G5 in Georgia State, he went off. Six passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns, over 500 total yards of offense for Jaden Daniels. 25 of 30 passing, 9.6 yards per carry rushing. The guy is absolutely ridiculous. A 98.8 QBR boosted his Heisman odds greatly. He went from being third in the race to now I think he has the best odds in Vegas. I'll go through the FanDuel odds a little bit later. And three of his wide receivers went over 100 yards for LSU in this game. Just just ridiculous numbers. A little bit of stat padding, but Bo Nix did his own stat padding, which I'll mention shortly. As I said at the top of the show, College Football Monday is brought to you by McCoy's Auto Repair in Radford. You know that I love to support a local family-owned and operated business, and that's what you get with McCoy's. It's over 40 years they've been in business. They have full service, major and minor repairs. They can rebuild your transmission. They can rebuild your engine. They sell tires, clutch this time of year. Get over to McCoy's, buy your tires, have them put on, make sure your oil change, your state inspection is all up to date, and head there for all of your vehicle maintenance needs throughout the basketball season and, and into the summer. You can also find McCoy's on Facebook. It's a very easy find, but the number is right on the screen. It's 540-639-2933. And don't forget, they also offer that pickup and drop-off service if you just can't get to the shop with how work is going for you. Just like that old hokey buddy of yours, McCoy's is a name you can trust. And I do want to apologize to uh, our great sponsors because I tried to get over to their tailgate in lot two. I might have been a little too late. I'm looking for the spot. I might have had the wrong number for the spot thought I was right, but maybe not. But they also might have already gone into the game. I will catch up with you at some point soon, but we do appreciate your sponsorship. It was weird because I was looking for McCoy's and I walked down four spots and Billy Ray Mitchell is there just pounding a hot dog or something, offers me a beer. So me and Billy walked in the game. I put out the tweet uh, yesterday. If He he had brand-new cowboy boots on. Billy did on game day, going to game. And if you know about long days, long game days, you don't wear fresh shoes and definitely not fresh boots. He said his feet were absolutely killing him, and it was cracking me up. You can check that, that tweet out on my account. ACC Notes. Pitt beat BC on Thursday night. Absolutely disgusting game. 24 to 16. Both teams stinked. The crowd was awful. Florida State got the win versus North Alabama, but at what cost? Because they did lose Jordan Travis in the game, and that absolutely sucks. I think if they go undefeated, they're still going to be in the playoff. Don't, don't start thinking about that. I, I think it would be a bad precedent to set if you don't let an undefeated Power 5 team into the playoff. But they got to beat Louisville first. They got to beat Florida And they got to beat Louisville first to get there. Clemson beat UNC 31 to 20. That kind of went exactly as I expected. Omarion Hampton was great. He had 178 yards and two touchdowns. And that was with him fumbling twice inside the 10. But Drake May wasn't very good. Just 209 yards, a touchdown interception. Clemson just beat them up. Ran it on them for 247 yards. And it really wasn't close. The Clemson stock continues to rise ever since the Tyler call. They deserve to be ranked, honestly. I'll, I'm going to talk about that AP poll. Notre Dame beat Wake 45-7, to four touchdowns for Hartman. Wake's terrible this year. Georgia Tech got bowl eligible by beating Syracuse 31-22. to That was the last straw, I guess, for Dino, and he is out. Good job by Georgia Tech getting a bowl eligibility, though. Haynes King was good in that game. UVA beat Duke 30-27. UVA continues to look improved since their bye week. Loftus put up numbers for Duke as the quarterback. Jordan Moore and Jaques Moore were great, but UVA was better. Malik Washington, eight receptions for 112. He continues his crazy season, two touchdowns. He broke the single season record for receiving yards at UVA in this game. This kid is going to be tough to deal with next week. I'm, I'm, me and Robbie are going to get to like all the UVA stuff coming up. I'm just doing something on my phone. I apologize, but I'm, I'm nervous about what this UVA team brings to the table. Cause Calandria is, he is a good player. 278, three touchdowns for him in this game. 89.1 QBR, 66 yards rushing on nine carries against an Elko defense. I worry about Calandria. I worry about Washington especially with what we just saw from Armstrong and Concepcion, right? Like this is, this is the UVA offense right here. I know mean, Hollins is good too. They, they honestly have a, have some, some decent players, but like I'm terrified of both those guys next week, which brings me to VT corner. Virginia tech lost to NC state 35 to 28. It ended better than it started, but ultimately this was not a good showing by the Hokies. Starting at the end of the first quarter, NC State scored touchdowns on five straight drives. Five straight drives, 35 points. It was 21-7 to at the half, and I already felt like that was going to be a really difficult hill to climb with how the NC State defense has played this year. And 21 alone was just disappointing to me because I thought our defense would be able to hold down what's been a very poor offense this year. But NC State had it at 35-14 to before we kind of started showing a little bit more spark. Armstrong and Concepcion were doing whatever they wanted. In one way or another, the two of them accounted for all five touchdowns. And there is no good way to put this. Marv got absolutely owned in this game. The scheme was terrible. Most of the game, we played way too much zone. The front seven looked awful. The gap fits were a problem yet again. I don't, I don't understand this flip-flopping between good defensive performances and bad defensive performances. I was, I was hoping that ball, that side of the ball would be more consistent this year. And it has been greatly inconsistent linebacker play line play at times. It's, it's so, it's so weird. And considering the opponent and what was on the line with becoming bowl eligible at home on senior day, this was absolutely the worst defensive performance of the year. Without a doubt. I mean, Purdue was pretty bad. Florida State was pretty bad, but that's a good team. Louisville, not good. Also a good team. This is like the 113th yards per play offense in the country coming in. And they put up 35 points on you. So really, really disappointed with how the defensive defense played. Offensively, we knew we were going to be in for a tough day with the line that NC State has and their linebacker play but drones and the wide receivers were able to do a few things we had the sweet reverse play which was really the highlight of the game xtb that he he went that long touchdown run that was really cool looked super fast on that play felton had the 42 yard touchdown and he added another one later to cut the lead to 35 to 21 and with 140 left we scored on the pass to gasnell made it a one score game but it never really felt like we were going to be able to come back. Like that that's how I felt. Once the third quarter got going and and they scored again, I didn't think we were coming back. And I don't know why we, we didn't show defensively. Like that was just a terrible game plan. I give the team credit for fighting back. It's another example of a pride team not quitting. We don't quit. We haven't really quit. We haven't had many games that were outside of one score. You know, we had the Louisville game. We had the UNC game last year. I talked about that a couple weeks ago, but generally this team fights. They, they don't quit, but we didn't, we didn't give ourselves a chance. We did not give ourselves a chance defensively. As I said before, it was a great day. The weather was so good. The Corey Moore thing was really cool, but I think a 40 year old Corey Moore could have had a better game at defensive end than we, than we put out on the field, man. I mean, I can almost guarantee you that. We will go into more detail on NC State and the UVA game later in the week. It is a big week. It is hate week. Make sure you're doing all you can to reveal your distaste for UVA this week as we move forward. It is also subscriber week, so please subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to the Sons of Saturday channel. If you're here watching with me live and you're not subscribed, please subscribe and please like the video. It helps me, Pat, Billy, and all the rest of the guys out a ton. We're going to hit 2,000 subscribers and we're it's it's a benefit to you because this channel puts out so much content. Just take a look at the videos, click the live tab to see my old shows. There is so much on there. Other notable games. Oregon crushed Arizona State 49 to 13. And I mentioned Nick's doing his own stat padding. 404 yards and six touchdowns for Bo Nix. Crazy. A 99.5 QBR. Ridiculous. Wazoo crushed Colorado 56 to 14 on Friday night. That must have felt good for Wazoo. And Buddy Elliott talked about this that every game for Colorado, when they go to an opposing stadium or they have a team come in, that feels like Georgia for that other team. And that makes it really hard on a team that has so many roster holes and it's just not all the way there. And then Shador went down. It was already not good. Shador went down. So, yeah, Colorado, not bowl eligible. Ohio State cruised past Minnesota 37-3. to McCord played all right. Uh, they did not have a look-ahead problem like Michigan did. They Ohio State looked good yesterday. Or Saturday, Penn State beat Rutgers twenty-seven to six on the strength of their run game. I mentioned how Oller had to leave the game with an injury, but two hundred and thirty-four yards rushing for Penn State, the backup quarterback Prabula, he essentially ran the ball. It was, it was like an option thing, along with Allen, the running back. They they just did that run, rushing attack and kind of sat on Rutgers. Iowa beat Illinois fifteen to thirteen. Super Big Ten West game here. Iowa had to rally in the fourth to get the win, but they did. They clinched their spot in the Big Ten title game, and they are going to play whoever wins the Michigan-Ohio State matchup. Oklahoma State beat Houston. Gordon went for one sixty-four, three touchdowns. South Carolina got a much-needed win against Kentucky, 17-14, good for Shane. And New Mexico State and the fighting Jerry Kills went down to Auburn, and they beat Hugh Freeze. You absolutely have to love that. As a Hokie fan who – we only had Jerry Kill on the building for about nine months, but he was – Keyly responsible for our turnaround in the 2019 season. And it is so great to see a guy who had the health issues at Minnesota and kind of forced him out to be back on top at a G5. And like, he is a perfect G5 coach. If he gets an opportunity with a Mississippi state or another uh, power five team, I would be so happy for him. But I love the fact that he's kicking butt and kicking Hugh freezes, butt at Auburn. They might've been looking ahead to the Iron Bowl and it didn't serve them right. They lost by 21 points to New Mexico State, a team that was terrible two years ago. Good on good on Jerry Kill. All right, I think that's all I got there. Conference races. This is what I wanted to talk about and with regard to who's playing who for the conference title games. The ones that are set. ACC, Florida State, Louisville. That is locked up. Should be a really good game. SEC, Bama and UGA. They've been on a collision course. They're going to play. I think UGA has the edge, but that should be a good game as well. Liberty and New Mexico State getting together for the Conference USA title. Please, Jerry Kill, get us that. You know, you beat the former Liberty coach, Hugh Freeze, now beat Liberty. All right, tear down that undefeated season. Let's do it. MAC title game is set. Miami, Ohio, and Toledo, the Rockets popped into the AP poll this week. They've been awesome. Pat's cousin, Daquan Finn, doing work for Toledo. That should be a fun one. With regard to the ones that are not set, the AAC, still three teams undefeated in conference. You got Tulane, you got UTSA, and you got SMU. SMU is playing Navy this week. Tulane and UTSA play each other. So as long as SMU takes care of their business, they're going to be in. And then the winner of Tulane and, and UTSA is going to be it. So I can't wait to see what happens this weekend in that game. And, and this was coming off the heels of F- SMU getting the huge win over Memphis, which I didn't mention earlier, but that that's a nice win for them. The Big 12 is anyone's guess right now. I mentioned how Texas is 7-1, but they could technically still miss the game. But if them and OK State win, that is the matchup. Oklahoma and K-State need stuff to happen in order to get in. In the Big Ten, Iowa against whoever wins the game, Mention that. Pac-12, Washington, and if Oregon takes a loss to to Oregon State, it could be Arizona. Otherwise, Oregon takes care of their business, it will be Washington and Oregon, which we've all expected. I want the rematch. I want to see Oregon win the rematch simply because I called them the best team in the country a couple weeks ago, and I like the Ducks. I think they should have won the first game. We'll see what happens there. Mountain West, UNLV now has the inside track, which is crazy for the title game after beating Air Force. Boise and San Jose State are still in the mix as well. And that's absolutely hilarious with Boise. They fired their coach this year, but they could still not only make the title game, but potentially win the conference. Wacky. That is That program has such just like a strong core. Good for Boise State. Belt. It's going to be Troy against Coastal or App. Coastal plays JMU, so that's going to be a tough game to win for them. App plays Georgia Southern. So depending on what happens in those games, we're going to find out what the matchup's going to be. JMU-Coastal could be could be really fun. That is, that is at Coastal. Tough game for JMU coming off that loss. There are still five undefeated teams in the P5. Let me pull up my AP poll. That's what we're going to get into now. You can see it's Georgia one, Ohio State two, Michigan three, Washington four, and FSU five. First time ever. I I mentioned it last week. It was the first time ever we've had five, 10 and 0 power five teams. Now they're all 11 and 0. It's just such a weird year. Two are going to play in Michigan, Ohio State. Ohio State moved ahead of Michigan in this poll to number two, I guess, because of Michigan's performance and not having hardball for next week. And Washington. Move to number four ahead of FSU. So despite all the teams holding serve, there was a little bit of movement there. And I would expect Washington to move ahead of Florida State in the playoff rankings this week. I thought it was going to happen last week. It's probably going to happen this week. Iowa, back in the AP poll, as they should be, it only took them moving to nine and two on the year to get to number 20. There are four G5 teams in this poll. Tulane 10 and 1, number 18. 11 and 0 no Liberty at number 22. 10 and 1 Toledo at number 23. And JMU, JMU moves down a spot to number 24 after their loss. 7 and 4 Tennessee still ranked. Why, why do we think Tennessee is good? I, I, I don't understand why the pollsters continue to have Tennessee elevated. I think. I know there's other four lost teams out there that would have to take their place, but like Utah, I think might deserve to be better than them, higher than them. NC state at eight and three, maybe they should be ranked UNLV. I think has a case to be ranked SMU Clemson. I said earlier, I mean, Clemson, do you think that JMU is beating Clemson? Do you think that Liberty is beating Clemson? Cause I don't <laughs> like, I think Oklahoma state would have a hard time beating Clemson right now. So I don't know why Tennessee is ranked ahead of Clemson, but that's that's besides the point. Let's let's move on. I'm going to get to Dwayne's question again here in a second. I wanted, I did want to mention the Heisman race. It's a three-man race at this point. Marvin Harrison Jr.'s odds have dropped considerably. He's now back at plus 5,000, which he was at the beginning of the year when I liked him. It looked like a decent play for a while there, but he has fallen off. Jaden Daniels now has the best odds, minus 110. Knicks is plus 150, second best odds. And Penix is dropped a little bit. At three, he is plus 600 right now. If Jaden Daniels continues to put up these numbers next week, I think they have a and I got to look. I got to look who they're playing. But he's going to put up numbers. You know he will. I think it's his to lose because the touchdowns are just, just off the charts. But if – Nix is going to get that extra game. So if Knicks wins the Pac-12 – he might scoot forward and, and it's going to be a fun. I think it's end up going to end up being a two-man race, but we'll see because Penix could do the same thing in the Pac-12 title game. My playoff four as of today. There is no change, but I will do some explanations here. I am not worried about FSU getting in despite the loss of Jordan Travis. If they go undefeated, they will be in. That's a great overall team. The quarterback, obviously, it's going to be a downgrade, but the guy can play a little bit. And so, if they go thirteen and zero, which I still think they're going to beat Louisville and get in, I like Florida State to make the playoff. They're my number three team. I still have Michigan at number two because I think they just got caught kind of in a weird spot. But I am extremely nervous about them going into that Ohio State game without Harbaugh. I think, I think Ohio State has their own problems on offense, and I think against Michigan. That's going to be an extreme challenge. I, I still think Michigan's going to win the game. It might not be the way I thought it was going to go by maybe 10 points, but I still think they're going to win the game and they will be undefeated. there into my number two team. Georgia really started to ratchet it up now. I think they're going to beat Georgia Tech easily, obviously. And then when they play Bama, I think they're going to get the better of them. They will be number one. Michigan will be number two. Florida State will be number three. And as I've said for a couple of weeks now, I think Oregon State is winning out. They're going to beat Washington. And even if Texas wins and has one loss, Oregon will be in the playoff at the number four spot. To go through just a couple of scenarios here, you could have a bunch of one loss teams with three spots available if chaos kind of takes place. You could have a situation where Oregon, Washington, Texas, Georgia, Bama, FSU, Louisville and one of Ohio State or Michigan all have one loss with three spots. So that would mean only Ohio State or Michigan is undefeated, but all of the rest of the teams have one loss. That would be crazy. But as it stands, a more likely scenario would be Texas, FSU, Louisville, and Ohio State or Michigan having one loss for one spot. So like that's Texas, Florida State, Louisville, and one of Ohio State or Michigan with one loss. Who gets in? in that situation. Cause Louisville would be your ACC champion. So I think Texas as the big 12 champ would get in because they have that Bama win, but there are, there are, I could go on and on. There are so many scenarios and so many ways for this to play out with one spot available as it stands. I think Georgia's running the table. I think Michigan's running the table. I think Florida state is going to eke out a win against Louisville in the ACC title game. They're going to get in. And I think Oregon is going to win the rematch. So, that is my playoff four as of right now. I'll get back to Dwayne's question, and this involved the Hokies, right? If you could have an early transfer portal wish list, who would be your top five targets in order of priority? What have been the Hokies' biggest weaknesses throughout this season? Offensive line, linebacker. That it has been critical. Now, the defensive line performance, particularly at the D tackles, despite having a lot of veteran presences, hasn't been solid throughout the entirety of the year. There's been a lot of inconsistencies and we are losing as many as four or five of those defensive tackles this off season. And we don't exactly have a lot of guys coming in to replace them. So O-line and D-line, we need the big boys. We could use tackles. We could use guards at on offensive line. And, and I actually was talking, I forget who I was talking to about this. Might've been Andrew Alex at the bar at Champs uh, or maybe Brian Holbrook, who I ran into in the stadium. We need a center. We if we could go out and get a center, and then move Caden back to guard, that would be huge for our offensive line. And so, center might be number one. And then we need a defensive tackle, linebacker. I think I'd put third. But man, we need to upgrade the linebacking core. Like it is, it has been a sore spot all year. So I I could go on, Dwayne. But like, O line first center if we could get a, a decent center which you can find i mean we brought in hoffman a few years ago from coastal and he was hey i know people might not like brock all the time but hell i would take him right now in a heartbeat so bring me a center move caden back to guard you instantly make your offensive line better uh defensive tackle we need a defensive tackle desperately this off season and, and i'm not sure sure people even realize it we need one desperately and we need a middle linebacker. And so bring me those three things. I would be ecstatic in the portal. College Football Monday is brought to you by Compass Coffee. With 16 locations in D.C. and northern V.A., Compass is quickly becoming the go-to Cup of Joe in our nation's capital. They are founded by two Marines back in 2014. And the objective was simple. Make a great cup of coffee that can point you in the right direction every day, kind of like a compass. That's what you get with them. Use code 2 dbt For 20% off your order, go to their site or download the Compass Coffee app. They have a great app and use code 2DEEPVT for 20% off your first quarter. Compass Coffee, great coffee, doesn't have to be complicated. Week 13 games. It is rivalry week. I'll show the flag one more time. Our state, baby. Am I doing this wrong? Here we go. Our state, UVA, Virginia Tech, this Saturday, 2.5 point. Favorites are the Hokies. It's 3.30 on ACC Network. I am nervous about Calandria. I'm nervous about Malik Washington. I think our offense is going to come to play. I think we're going to put up some points on the UVA defense. But this could be a dicey game. It's going to be a dicey game. could be a fun game for outsiders. For me, it's going to be a a three-and-a-half-hour stomachache. That's what it's going to be. The Egg Bowl is on Thursday. Ole Miss at Mississippi State. Mississippi State, half point underdogs in that one. Always love the Egg Bowl. Love that it's on after Thanksgiving dinner. Handful of games on Friday, including the huge matchup in the ACC, AAC, UTSA at Tulane. Tulane, three-point favorites. This will determine who goes to the uh, AAC title game. Texas Tech at Texas, Friday night, 7.30. You get the battle, the Civil War in Oregon. Oregon State at Oregon, 8.30 p.m. on Friday night. So some good rivalry games right there on that Friday night too to get us ready for Saturday, Ohio State-Michigan. I actually didn't see a line on that yet, but me and Rob will talk about it on Wednesday. or Tuesday night is actually when we're going to record. Big game, two undefeated teams. like That hasn't happened a whole lot for Ohio State-Michigan. I think 07 was a year. There's a couple other ones. I remember in 07, that was like the game of the century, right? Uh, But yeah, this – wait, was it 07? Oh, oh, whatever you people remember that that game Troy Smith UK at Louisville Louisville seven point favorites in that one UK always gives them hell though so I I I feel like I'd take the points in that one but uh but Louisville I want to see them win that game for ACC purposes I want to see the the ACC championship game be be like a big deal I want Louisville to win that game Iron Bowl Alabama at Auburn. Auburn, 14.5-point underdogs coming off that horrific loss. Bama should crush, but it's Iron Bowl, man. Anything can happen. Apple Cup, Wazoo at Washington. Washington, 16.5-point favorites in the Apple Cup. That might be too many. Even though it's in Seattle, that might be too many. Florida State at Florida. 6.5-point underdogs are the Gators. Gators played really well against Mizzou. So I think it's going to be hard to to re-up themselves, but they might see that Travis is out now and and feel a new vigor of hope. So we'll just see about that one. Clemson at USC East. That is always a fun game. Uh, Gamecocks, 7-point underdogs. UNC at NC State. I love this game every year. NC State, 2.5-point dogs at home. I like NC State to win that game. JMU at Coastal. Awesome game. Coastal, 9.5-point underdogs. Big dogs. Uh, despite, you know, JMU just losing a game and looking a little vulnerable. I like Coastal to cover, but that's going to be a fun game. I've been talking about that one for weeks. So I did want to say, and I, I should have said this earlier in the show, but I'll, I'll talk about it when I t- talk with Rob. I got to see so many people down at Blacksburg, whether it was Hokie Hack or Clark or Barrick or Devin. Uh, this Andy, Brendan from, from TOTS on Friday night. We had our Friday night lights event. It was so much fun. We got there. There's nothing better than walking into an empty Tots. You know, put the stickers out, put the pins out. And it's just so fun to be there when, when it starts to fill up. And then it got slammed. It got absolutely slammed. Uh, and by the time Sam Jesse got there, uh, it was packed. But had a real good time talking to, to Sam, uh, talking some shop with him. We're kind of planning the future of, of what we want to do with the Suns. Uh, got to meet the Southwest VA shop head. Uh, it was really nice to meet him. I don't want to put his name out there, but uh, he was he was kind enough to chat with me and Clark for a while and talk a little shop with him as well. Uh, so many people. I, I don't want to leave people out, but man, I, I just kept running into people, said, said what's up. I mentioned Holbrook. I, I saw him at the stadium. Um, just kept running into people. You know, some of those weekends you don't see anybody. That was my Syracuse. This was totally different. Everywhere I went, I felt like I ran into someone that I knew from something or somewhere. So that was that was a really cool experience. Thank you to those of you who came out to TOTS. Uh, in fact, when I was walking into TOTS, I saw Fritz and Hack and a bunch of other guys at uh, PKs, and Bruce Taylor was with them. So be- even before Friday Night Lights got started meeting Bruce Taylor, my night was already made. Nice guy. Anyway, that's going to do it for CFB Monday. I was just talking to Pat and Billy about maybe doing a live stream of the national championship game. Cause every year the national championship game is on a Monday. So what better way to finish off CFB Monday for the year than do kind of like a Peyton and Eli live stream of the national championship game. So I'm going to put that in the works with the boys and Sam and them and see what we can up can come up with, with a list of guests throughout the, uh, throughout the championship game. And maybe you guys will hang out with us, But Without further ado, I'm going to get out of here because it's Thanksgiving week, short work week. I got to get to work. Me and Rob are going to do our thing tomorrow night. We'll be bringing that to you. And until then, go Hokies.